0: The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show.
1: G'day folks, it's James fly here.
2: And Robbie the Apprentice.
1: Welcome to tonight's show with Chris, SWGC Adams, and Jeff, Dr. Pipple Popper Volta.
0: Uh, enjoy the show. This show is brought to you by Beast Brushes. Specialised fly tying materials, manufactured and processed right here in Australia. Real experience, real advice, to maximise your valuable time on the water and the vice. That, that that end of this, that festive time of the year, though, where we could just kind of just feel like rolling here, right?
1: Oh, mate, I've had enough of this year, like, just too much going on, it's too busy, I should say, just over it,
0: just going to mm. keep, keep fucking rolling. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the show, folks, for another week of your classic fly fishing content of the Intermediate Line.
1: Yes, welcome back. Please,
0: please, folks donate to Movember and get on Shane wackars one but but equally as importantly we've got to tone the aggression down from Josh Radloff people yeah that guy's guy got nuts the guy is going is hyper aggressive you know the, some of the messages we're getting it only happens in November it's wild he's like a testosterone filled water balloon just waiting to pop <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> something's got to be done donate yeah. settling down yeah. Yeah,
1: we'll find the find a link somewhere on our Insta page. We'll just go to Movember, just type it in, and then search Josh Radloff, and you can see his passive, passive head.
0: Yeah, in saying that, Shane looks like a motorcycle cop too.
1: Does doesn't he? he um, can I say he? Uh, you
0: looks can say like, anything, here, mate. Safe place.
1: Have you seen Police Academy? Yeah. You know how they accidentally end up at that um, that bar? What is it? Um, is
0: it the Blue Oyster Bar? <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Tune out now if your name is Shane.
3: Keep going, mate. Tell
0: you more.
1: Anyway, yeah, so you can go see their heads there Shane Wacker, that's K E R and um, Josh Radloff. Yep. Not, not to be confused with Daniel Radcliffe, who, of course, um, got the bum fluff mowing in all those Harry Potter movies. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, Radloff is no bum fluff, mate
1: That's right And, yeah. it, and just, a, just a gentle reminder Movember is such a great cause um, It's all about men's health uh, Particularly uh, prostate health Testicular cancer Those sort of things Get on, have a bit of a read You're supporting a great cause It's tax deductible Keep those receipts And um, next July you'll, uh, you'll get a nice deduction for your kindness So, Hell, yeah, yeah. That's
0: my inner yep. accountant coming out. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, Voltstein. Yep. I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Vaultsburg. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They're um Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's interesting. Well, look, mate, those guys have um like we said, sacrificed, so cough up. That's what I say.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> God, I got that out of the way, mate. It always makes me feel really tense talking about Josh. He's so aggressive, I'm worried how it's going to react, how it's going to happen. Sunday, Saturday when this thing comes out, it's generally when I get that, that hyper-aggressive communication from him. Yeah. So starts off with, sup. You're like, what? What's this sup mean? And, uh, it's obviously some sort of um, confidence boost he gets with that moustache. Instead of going, hi, mate, how you going? Sup. <laughs> what? Who is this? So yeah I'm worried Donate Donate's like Throwing water On the aggressiveness (laughs) The aggressive fire The heat That's what he's doing (laughs) Anyway Enough about Josh And Shane They'll get by
1: People uh, People listen to this For fishing content Correct Mondo Yeah um, last week we uh, we tried. There was fishing content. There wasn't catching content.
0: Um, <laughs> was that yeah. last week? Was that, that was show it? last week? I think so. Was it really? Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Man, yeah. the time has flown since then. Yeah, that's right. It was. It was. Um, so yeah, like I hope you guys enjoyed it. We did what we could do, and we did what we did. And I don't make. I don't have any regrets. Do you, Vults?
1: Um, no, man, no
0: regrets at all. None that whatsoever, yep. It, exactly, because that's uh, is fishing and that's what happens. We yeah. probably could have recorded more. I, I really regret not recording every time we saw a dead animal floating down the river. <laughs> <laughs> it could have made it into a, a drinking game almost and you would have got some people pretty slaughtered with the amount of stuff we saw floating down the river. That but big black thing, man, Nessie. Remember Nessie yeah. down the river. Man. <laughs> so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Yeah. It was, we were so lucky and uh, Since that show I've got um, our good mate Bolchi on Akashi making some um, Making some guides for the trailer so that doesn't happen again
3: <laughs> Yeah, right
0: <laughs> That was that was absolutely bullshit. Yeah, you know, since then some people have suggested why did you try and do this? Like I don't think you understand like the boat was on the trailer and the current is moving that fast and like the the tail lights are, were just at the surface of the water, so there's hardly any trailer in the water, mm-hmm. but the water's moving that fast, so that's pushing the boat off the fucking trailer. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's um, as you know, you know what I mean. But I'm just not sure if we painted the picture correctly there. Just how much fucking water was a thing in there? If you slipped over while you're trying to help the boat on, mate, could you imagine if you lost your footing and you, and you got drifted out there? Like, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I'd lose sight of you pretty quickly, I reckon.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, if I if I got you know that that silt on the bottom there, the mud, I'd I'd be in Morton Bay. Hopefully, before we know it, you know it,
0: Yeah, but, no, yeah. You wouldn't the make bull, it to Morton Bay. sharks have
1: got me by the time uh, by the time I got down to the jumping pin there. But yeah, yeah. maybe
0: a... part of you'd make it to Morton Bay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, it uh,
3: yeah,
1: it is what it is, man. Mm. That dead cows. Mm.
0: Yeah. I scratched that itch, though, man. I uh, I had to I had to get out there and uh, I was, yeah, as we talked about on that show, had those uh, rods to try. Uh, so I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to um, put a bend in them before um, before the next show. Yeah, which, which uh, I ended up um, getting an invite from uh, from our one of our guests from Kurt actually. Like he, he contacted me one afternoon to go fishing the next day, and mate, sometimes you just got to. Um, Take these opportunities when they when they come, and I was just yep. happened to be in a place where I could just capitalize on. Yeah, fuck it, I'm going to go. What a great idea! So um, so I met him at a at a, at a boat ramp at an undisclosed location. Smart guys can figure it out, I'm sure. At a place that I've never fished before, but a right. place that I've um that I've overlooked because it's got boat restrictions, and I've never I've only recently I've had a boat that's got the size motor that's allowed on there. But since I had that boat, the place has been recovering from floods of, you know, 10 years ago. You know, so it's just because they coming back online now. Yeah, right. That so was good. It was. I was really excited to go and see this place. Yeah, right. Yeah. And how was the fishing, man? Tough. So the day before we were there, the dam level, Kurt tells me, was at 48%. And the midday, the day after we went there... The dam level was at seventy percent, so wow. it, it had risen a lot. Yeah. For those of you who could do maths, it's twenty-two percent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that can really change the dam, hey? You know?
0: Oh, big time! Well, the um, yeah, like the lilies were weren't weren't caught up with the level. Like some of them were under the water, so it made it difficult to see some some weed edges. The temperature, obviously. Excuse me would have dropped considerably with that fresh water running in for sure Um, It was pretty unstable weather. It was pretty everything everything pointed towards a difficult day That's for sure, but um, but it was good to get out there And you know the good thing about fishing with with like-minded people or experienced people is that you can you can start to problem-solve and I I really enjoy that part of uh, particularly things like lakes it seemed like a stagnant body of water so to speak and you know we, we went to some places where kurt has killed it you know before and nothing there and you know, not nothing at all you know so it was um you know to the point where kurt's like oh we'd go in there and Kurt'd be like man i'd be very surprised if we don't get one in here and there's not even anything on the sounder you know you're like mm, okay so yeah we had to sort of put our nogs together and got some got we eventually got some fish done funnily enough For those that are interested in it who um who like to brag about it and stuff is those fish turned on right on the um right on the uh prediction as well okay so i fished um, a body of water for the same species which is barramundi uh in around the same area and and those fish um on the same sort of i don't know how to describe it area lateral line same sort of tide cycle i guess you could say also react the same way, but then he'll go north to some of the other dams, and they don't seem to really factor in for the salooner too much, you know. Okay, like, um, when we've had guests on, like when Trevor Burgess uh, was on the show, you know, like, I mean, he might have said, or he's said to me many, many times over the years, um, you know, he's caught so many fish outside of Salooner, it's not funny, you know, uh, and, and so have I. You know, I spent a, spent a lot of time in, in barrier impoundments Empowerments before they before those floods in two thousand eleven, before the dams sort of reset. You know, I know they're all coming back online now, and I haven't spent a lot of time in them um, in this most recent times, that's for sure. But still, you know, it's a little bit like riding a bike. They're they're, they're a predictable species somewhat. Anyway, but these ones just turned on to um, to the Saluna, that's for sure, really well. So. Um, yeah, the, we just sort of put ourselves in the right place at the right time, and uh, it was a fit area that we fished earlier on in the day for no success, and really flogged at the foam too earlier yeah. on in the day. Um, yeah, but, were the
1: fish there earlier in the day, mate.
0: Well, we couldn't see them when they were there because they were deep in the weed. You can't see them on a sounder, you know. Okay. It's just um, you got to you got to you got to predict their location <clears throat> based on um, knowledge of their behaviour and. Uh, and the topographical underwater topographical scenario, right? It's very hydrodynamic and photosynthetic, mate. You probably wouldn't understand.
1: I'm scratching my head here, just going, "What the fuck, really?" Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> mate. Like, you, you, yeah, we, we launched it. We launched the boat at like um, eight o'clock. Yeah. And we got we we got out there. We got we got I got one hit at about I don't know ten o'clock. Between that hit and the fish, was about was about four 30 in the afternoon so right. there's a lot of casting between them and a lot of casting a lot of moving around uh all that sort of stuff um yeah. so whilst you're doing all this stuff and while all this this non-productive water's going on sure the conversation turns to um some pretty stupid topics which is fun and funny but also when you got someone like kurt on on the board like who's you know it's his profession to to find fish uh and obviously like um well, maybe not. Obviously, to some people, but I can tell you that I overthink the shit out of um, Impound bar as well. Probably give them a bit more credit than what they are, but um, it's been a long time that you know, like that. I that I've had um, a lot of time in between bites. I suppose I don't know how to describe that. Anyway, we we, we think tank together, you know, and it's uh, it was really good like that to be able to do all that sort of stuff and then put a real
1: meeting of minds. If some would yeah, say. yeah, I really yeah.
0: enjoy that stuff, man. Like it's um. You know, I really enjoy. It. Like you hear people, I hear people who talk about impound barrel like they're easy, and like they're um, you know, they're they're, they're um, like shooting fish in a barrel. I guarantee right. anyone who says that has never fished for them. That's for sure.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: There's no way in the world, man. Like, sure. Like that. I mean, I've fished for wild barrel that have been turned on big time in certain days, and some days been locked jaw. Same with impound barrel. They're still they're still barrel 100. Yeah. Anyway. But um, so yeah, it was it was good to be able to um, put a fly in a spot and, and get some action in a short short window.
1: Yeah, good. No, it's it's good that you spent you're able to spend that time, you know, like six hours between the bite windows, and what well, you're a total on on the um, on the water for far longer than that. So.
0: Yeah. Oh well, I mean that one hit between the bite window I mean, it was it was one hit. You know, like it was it was probably a scenario. Where we just happened to drag a fly past that fish's face, and it just um, um was just it was just it was just sort of like a scenario. was just gone. Well, whatever. I'll just have an I'll just have a nip at it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for those who fish with barra, know that barra don't have a nip at it. They sucked the whole fly. In. Oh, I got a two hundred mil bend back, and they uh-huh. and that fish sucked it that whole fly in over the top of the whole fly, over the whole hook, scuffed the leader, and spat it out we less in half a heartbeat and you would have to fish for him to know what the fuck i'm talking about but you you feel like just a ta-ta. real quick like that you bring your fly in and there's a, a scuff like a couple of inches in front of your fly where the where the where the teeth have gone over the top of the whole fly over the whole leader and uh-huh. spat it out in two seconds you know it's amazing i was telling when we after that happened i was telling kurt that when i was up in um up in hinchy fishing with dave and we'll side fishing for these baits. We could, we could, you know, you, you you see the fish. You put the fly in front. Of it, you watch the fish turn, follow it, and you can see it put its mouth over it. And uh, and they would always hit it like in between a strip for a while there. So I was talking to Dave, and he suggested just, just, just keep your hand on the line and just like just pull it and just just use the full travel of your arm, you know, to do that strip and then pause to reach it back, you know. So there was times where, sorry, does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Talk me through it again. I'm, I'm visualizing
0: so, so instead of stripping it like, um, you know, a couple of inches at a time, letting go of the line, reaching forward, just by using your wrist to just do these little strips, tick, 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 and bump yeah. it along, I was just bumping along by just not letting go of the line. So I'd use the full, my arm would be right behind me by the time I finished doing a series of bumps. You know what I mean? I
1: think, so yeah. Like, I, mean. yeah. Yep. So yep. there
0: was no, so there was no, no opportunity for me to let go of the line during the pause which is when these fish were were sucking in and pushing and sucking it out, in full view of us, you know. Do you, do you know what I mean now?
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So even with that that constant tension strip of not letting go of the line and just stopping it and then moving it and stopping it without letting go of the line, they were still sucking it in, with a with a completely straight line, like no line over the rod. They were still sucking it in and, and spitting it out right in front of us. Absolutely nothing you can do. So when they do that under the water. You know, when you can't see them doing it, you know, like it's um, it's pretty, it's it, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do when you can see it. There's nothing you can do when you can't see it. That's just barra. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah
0: it's, it's pretty funny, like,
1: you, you hear old timers talk about about barra fishing with lures, right? And almost without exception, they 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 have this this frustrating sanitizing comment. That's just barra, 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 or something like that. You know, they. You just you know, no matter how many times you fish them, or how good you think your techniques are, there's going to be there's going to be missed strikes. You know, they they just have that ability to, to to hit the fly or the lure or the presentation and not connect. You know,
0: absolutely. And there's been times. I mean, none of us were born of immaculate conception that we all have fished lures in the past. But there's been times I've I've in like in the early days that I've had hard bodies with three sets of trebles. That the fish has come up behind it, and uh, and engulfed the whole, 180 mil, 18 centimeter lure, scuffed it over the top of the bib and everything, sucked it out. Again, just boom, boom. that's all you feel on the rod. That's it. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing species, that's for sure. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Cool. So that one and that picture you got there, like, but like when they want to eat, like that thing was. I had to put my whole hand in its, in its mouth to, to unhook the fly, which is at the, was right at the back of the roof of its mouth, you know? Right. Pretty amazing. <laughs> when they want to eat, like, they just, they want it. Like, they're the ones who make the decision to, to keep hooked up, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: It, it is. It is. Because, like, they've made, they've seen something, recognised it as, as something to eat, sucked it in, made a decision that's not right, and sucked it out. In, in literally, like, I don't think there's any exaggeration to say less than half a second.
1: Sucked it out, like,
0: yeah. Did I say sucked it out? Yeah. You I mean, sucked it off. I mean, off the uh, off, off the line of travel, you know. So
1: yeah, mate, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. So anyway, so that was um, it was pretty cool because there was there was no there was no way that anyone was with that dam rising at that level and that color and that temperature. There was no way that you you could go back and go, you know, this is what I normally do. You know? So yeah. it was um it was it was it would have been fucking annoying <laughs> to to have driven all that way and then um which is not very far, it's only a couple of hours for me. It's um um to driven all that way and driven home with nothing. But it was very, very satisfying to um to uh to again put that meeting of the minds together and Kurt's a very, very smart angler and no doubt I've never never you know, paid for him for a guide or anything like that, but it, he'd be a great guide to anyone who's interested in heading to Harvey Bay. That's for sure. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, it was good, to, good to fish with him. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: I'd love yeah. to have the opportunity one day, Kurt. It'd be good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you reading between the lines there, Kurt? Give <laughs> Give Volt a to call tomorrow, okay? Um, <laughs> no, but it was good. It was also like all day. I I cast that nine weight sextant too. And, yeah. I cast. I, I did the. I cast. I cast a brand new setup. I cast a nine second Cortland compact intermediate, and not that the reel matters, but it had a, had a Shilton reel on there as well, because yeah, you know, those Is that fish the new
1: don't series, the series, the series.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. It, they look really cool.
0: Yeah. Really nice. I just like as as we've spoken about on the show before with other brands and stuff. I really uh I really like those cork drags, eh? I really really got a lot of cork drag reels, and mate, they're just yeah very very confident In those reels, that's for sure. But yeah. very, very rare that Barry get on the reel, that's for sure. But the um but a lot of there as I explained before, there's a lot of Cast between cut, a lot of Cast between fish. And the um uh and my experience with that Sexton is pretty limited. Before that day I um just cast it in the park. Uh-huh. I was very impressed. But it was very impressed to be able to cast that line and that rod together all day pretty effortlessly. And um so I can, you know, again, my experience is pretty limited with it, but it's pretty bloody impressive based on what I was using. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, an impressive leap that I didn't think I'd experience given how many rods I cast as a casting instructor, that's for sure. It's um, yep. pretty, pretty wild. <clears throat> and I really only got put two fish over it, but mate, the, the demands put on a rod to, to stop a barra that's living in, um, you know, a log jam and, and weed. Uh. it was pretty impressive like it just it just it didn't take it always takes a little bit to wrestle on them out that's for sure you know it's always it's not a it's not a light amount of effort you've got to use correct rod right angles and know when to pull on them and when not to because you know they'll tally you up pretty quickly sure. um, but there's a lot of demands on those rods that's for sure and, and it handled beautifully it was just it was cool to have a rod that casts such a long distance so I'm going to go as far as saying that, that that's probably the the rod that rod is how do I word this? It's probably been the easiest rod to cast a full line on that I've ever felt in my life. Let's put it no, that way. That's
1: interesting, man. That's a big,
0: big claim. Look,
1: I'm looking forward to having a ping myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm certainly, certainly interested in what you're, you're saying. You got my attention there,
0: dude. Well, look, uh, let me put a caveat on it, right? As I just said, that's the, fir- the only day I've cast it. But... I was casting a a, a a 200 mil game changer, uh, game changer, Benback, back, not a, not a light fly, and I, I weight them on the head pretty pretty aggressively, and uh, yeah, and it had to be long cast. You can't put the boat really near those fish, or they just they just turn off. They feel the presence of the electric motor or the displacement of the hull. You know, you, you got to be you got to be stealth. So it's always big long They Don't have to necessarily land soft, but it's just um just the ability to put them out as far as you can without because you get. so fatigued mentally and physically doing that you know so it's good to have a rod that you don't have to really concentrate on yeah the 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 intricacies of the of the cast all day long yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i'll second that just in, in any sort of um repetitive casting scenario if having having the right outfit to one that you don't have to labor with basically you know it allows you to cover water um you know, I would say effortless, effortlessly, but sort of with a minimum amount of effort allows you to concentrate harder and and, and you just fish better because you're, you're not thinking about those, you know, the weight of the outfit, the the timing or whatever. You just, your, your subconscious is, is more focused and tuned into what's going on around you, noticing little things, you know, thinking about what it's going to take to get the bite, um, you know, so... Yeah, that's, um, that's something I'd appreciate.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said on that night when we fished together for the podcast, I was keen to get your organic response, but we would have had to have found fish to be able to see that response. And unfortunately...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's fair on any sort of, you know, new new to me, Rod, to, to be casting it in the dark. You know, like I, I like, oh my, God, I like my back cast either you know for the power application the timing that sort of thing it's just it's hard to it's hard to zone in properly on the rod um, for sure that, that
0: yeah. that's a good point mate yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: so yeah mate yeah. ended up ended up with a couple of barra that was a good end of story that that worked really well
1: great yeah it looked, um, looked good man it looked like a fun day and um, congratulations mate congratulations Kurt putting up with Chris for a day
0: on, yeah. <laughs> there was many many shit jokes But not oh, just from me But from Kurt as well Yeah really Kurt can tell a pretty good joke mate But yeah. um, sometimes yeah. You know when you're out there And you're on a space between 4 to 5 metres Apart from someone you can't run away Yeah. The, the occasional joke Comes out that you just Think to yourself well maybe you should have Thought about that a bit more Yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't blame anyone for it. You know, sometimes you got to work stuff out. You know, like you think, I just thought of a joke and this guy can't run away. I'm just going to run it past him. See what he yeah, says. Yeah,
1: yep, yeah, just ran it past you.
0: Yeah. yeah, just run it past me. And um, sometimes yeah. I pretend like I heard, you know, wild pigs in the background. Like, did you hear that, Kurt? When I didn't, in fact, hear anything. <laughs> just to make him, make him feel as though, like, you know, maybe I should say that again because he didn't hear me. Or maybe I shouldn't say that again because I heard what it sounded like. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm yep, really mate. kind like that. Yeah. yeah hey, who? Hey. What's that, mate?
1: That was, sounds like a good day, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of good days, mate, who we uh, who we got on the podcast tonight?
1: Well, this guy, he's, uh, he's from uh, WA. He, he, he fishes a lot in a place called Xmouth. That's... um. That's for our um, international listeners with an E X M O U T H, exactly how you'd think it is um, mm. spelt.
0: Did and there used to be a river there or something?
1: <laughs>
0: X Mouth, it could be, yeah.
1: Yep, yep,
0: right, yep. Maybe Deacon knows where the name came from.
1: Yeah, that's a good question, yeah. So the guys know Deacon Plant. And he's, uh, he, yeah, he fishes over there. He's, he gets a lot of great fly fishing done. We're going to have a chat to him about Xmouth and uh, what you can catch there. So um, let's get him on, eh? All
0: right, mate. Sounds really grouse.
1: Grouse. All right, yeah. cool. All yeah. Right.
0: That was cool. for the South Australian, Stras- Stras- Australian listeners there. We value your listenership. Thank you, South Australia. It's grouse to us. Yeah. And ace. All right. All right. Okay, let's get on. If you can't okay. choose the way to go,
3: it's not about the way it is. Don't be become a realist. You've got time to make a
0: choice. Think of love or have a voice. When you think the time is right, we'll never be afraid to fight. We'll ask yeah. you where you went to school as an example, or, you know me. Right? Or if yeah, your no, mum no. was
1: in a circus or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, well somehow yep. you're distantly related to Andy Boltz and you know, and you yes. you feel you feel an unbelievable urge to eat carpro or something like that. We'll ask
2: <laughs> we're doing the same job, so
0: <laughs> Oh, you're both boilies, are you?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, cool. Oh yep.
1: cool.
0: Yeah, right. Yep. yep. No worries. All right. Well um I'm gonna write that down. I might ask you some boily questions and um going to expect technical replies.
3: Oh
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> no worries. Okay. No worries. All right. All right, mate. Well, what do you say we um we get going here, eh? Yep.
2: No worries at all.
0: all right. Oh, it's already recording. How'd that go? How'd that work?
2: It's fine. Are you serious? It's already recording.
0: Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> all right. God, man, we were just talking about you being a boilie and and working out some questions for that, weren't we? <laughs> we might as well hit it straight away then.
1: Oh. That's welcome deep. to the show welcome to the show
2: Deeks. thanks for having me lads pleasure to be here
0: it's great to have you here mate we you you know you're uh you you're an impressive angler in an impressive part of the world and i'm sure that we're going to have some great great answers to our technical questions in regards to welding
2: oh definitely all forms of welding too not just one or two
0: yeah Cool, man. Well that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> All forms you heard it here, folks. Just just grab yourself a bevy and settle in because you're gonna hear everything there is to know about welding tonight. <laughs> Let's start off like uh Waltz, do you wanna get your um your uh stand, standardo questionado out of the way? hmm
1: Yeah. So so deeks for um typically we, we imagine people sitting here at home going, who is this clown? What's his story? Where can mm. I find out more about him? Yeah. Um, so just people, open your Instagrams and um, and uh, search up this. It's uh,
0: Deacon. Welding. Max. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Ross. Was... You got it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deacon. Different page. Different Deacon, you there. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's D-E-A-C-O-N-P-L-A-N-T, all one word, right? Yep, that's it. That'll find you on uh, on Insta. You are on Faces too, mate?
2: Yeah, just as Deacon plant, but I don't use it very much. Mm.
0: Right, yeah, same here. Yeah, year. Faces sucks, eh? Yeah, it does. BC yep. book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, mate, uh, on that, um, I-, I thought it sounds like Valti's. Fin- are you finished with your question, mate? Or no?
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? That's my ground uh, groundwork. That's it, mate. Yeah. I- okay.
0: I think one of the most, um, dude, one of the most common questions we got when we polled the audience. For this interview tonight, was I wanted to know if you on your website you had uh, sorry on your Instagram page rather you had many up dogs on there. Up dogs. Yeah.
2: I am very lost.
0: (laughs) Okay, so just have up dogs. You know what I'm talking about. I
2: have no clue. Sorry, mate. Must be a Queensland thing, is it?
0: Uh, I'm not sure you're picking up what I'm putting down there, dude. Um. Have you got any questions about it? I would love to know what it is. What do you mean?
2: An an up dog.
0: How would you ask that question, do you reckon? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Most people say, what's up dog? (laughs) (laughs) God damn, that was a a gnarly backfire. Oh,
1: man, it tanked badly. Remember what I said about laughing at all the jokes? Time to laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, Insert can laughter now.
1: <laughs> oh, Deacon, one intermediate line nil.
0: Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded like you knew what the hell I was talking about there, Deacon. You were just danced around the question. What's up, dog? <laughs> so well.
1: Oh man, that was a train wreck. That yeah. was stuff up, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, we got the power of editing. Some people use it right here.
1: Not much well done. In well played, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. So, Deacon,
0: <laughs> have you lived in Exmouth your whole life, mate?
1: Um, no, I
2: haven't. I only moved there about three years ago.
0: Oh, yeah? And where were you from?
2: Uh, from Albany originally, down in the south of WA.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. so you're a West Oz boy through and through, yeah? Yep. Yeah, right. And um, did you take fly fishing to Exmouth? Or did you start uh, while you were there? I
2: was, I was dabbling beforehand. I'd done a few trips there and dabbled in a bit of fly fishing, but mostly conventional. I took it up probably about the first six months I was there. Like hard uh, out. Fly, fly fishing? Yeah,
0: yeah. But before that, you were sort of dabbling in, in, at, down at Albany. Is that how you say it? Do you guys say Albany or Albany? Uh, Albany. Albany, yeah, right. Do you say castle or castle? Uh, castle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one more test? Is it potato cake or potato scallop?
2: We don't get them in WA, mate.
0: Good yeah. answer. Good answer. Um, oh, really? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting, mate. I think I feel like we we know Deacon pretty well now, bolts
1: <laughs> Yeah, I do. I'm very comfortable with him. Very hmm. comfortable.
0: Yeah. If you said Castle, oh, man, I don't know how my questions would work out in this show, eh? <laughs> do
1: you say Esperance or Esperance? Uh, Esperance.
2: Esperance, uh, no, Esperance, but yeah, that's nice. a weird way to say it, that's like a, <laughs>
0: yeah. a that's his, uh, Spanish accent coming out there, yeah. El Esperance, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do,
2: you guys, do you guys really draw the, the O's out in like, pool and tool?
0: Yeah. Uh, n- not as much as, as Kiwis mimic our accent, <laughs> <Do>. <laughs> know, lava,
1: but, is that right, them
0: jump in the pool
2: yeah that's it
0: yeah no i say pool pool. Jump in the um well you know i feel that we've just and parried enough here to learn how each of us speak at either ends of the country here i feel as though we you know we speak quite similar um i think we're going to get along but it's interesting to learn that um at down at albany down there uh that you were fly fishing a little bit um I'm interested to learn a little bit more about that just briefly um, because it's it's interesting that you've taken an interest there to Exmouth and probably hit the Mecca, you know. So um, while you were fly fishing in, in Albany, were you were you chasing – is there a freshwater scene? Were you are you fishing for trout or something like that or were you, were you fishing saltwater as well?
2: No, nah, it was all saltwater stuff. So uh, brim – and salmon and we got a pretty good run of big salmon down here at times so Mm. fishing for those and just yeah mostly it wasn't very successful to be honest but that's all i'm sure started out but they were the main two i was lucky enough um guy by the name of ron pearson took me fishing a couple of times
3: Oh, oh yeah yep
2: so he showed me the ropes a bit and i was lucky enough to fish with him and catch a few fish down
0: here Tell us how that. How'd you meet Ron?
2: I was a friend, mutual friend, who owned a tackle shop down here. Uh, Jim Allen, who's he's just passed away, unfortunately, but mm. um, yeah. So I've met him through the shop, and was lucky enough to get a few lessons and go for a fish with him. So can, so,
3: so, sorry, sorry. I
1: was, is this the same Jim Allen that was uh, was sort of uh, on the Rex Hunt show? Ah, uh, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Yeah, he's a, a fly, he had a lot of uh, fly fishing connections uh, to Melbourne and Tasmania too, didn't he? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's an amazing community. Hey, it spans the spans the uh, the country, and particularly the the you know the generation, the fly fishing generation before us. You know, the same names keep popping up, and you know, Ron would need no intro, introduction to you know. Um, most uh, you know fly fishermen of of a few years or more experience but for those you know we, a lot of our a lot of our listeners are, are relative newcomers and i use that term affectionately and and or internationals they mightn't heard from him uh, ron pearson is like a is like a fly fishing national treasure in in treasurer in uh, in australia um you know from based on his pioneering work um in uh, in saltwater, in particular, in Western Australia, um, not only in saltwater, but yeah, he's he was one of the first guys to get it done. We had hardly any tackle over here when he started, and and he um you know he, he got a lot of surf rod blanks and and you know made up different kinds of lines and um yeah anyway that that's probably a story for another time, but yeah certainly a uh, fantastic uh,
0: yeah something else worth mentioning about Ron is is he's um pioneering into micro fly in saltwater as well
1: yeah true yeah.
0: So it's, um, which I find pretty fascinating as well. Did you, did you get introduced to the saltwater fly with Ron's, um, approach, if you know what I mean? So like, you know, you were, you were, if you, I'm guessing that potentially if Jim introduced you to Ron and Ron showed you a bit of fly fishing around, he's like, mate, get yourself a three weight. We're going brimming. Is that what happened? Something like that?
2: Pretty much. Yeah. I used one of his rods at the time, but I think, he was throwing like a two weight
0: while we were yep. fishing. Yeah, yeah, Which okay. Was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, and um, has a lot of those teachings translated uh, in, into your fly fishing now? Uh,
2: well, the casting side, I guess, but I fish pretty heavy these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's I, uh, the, what's that casting style like? Like, I mean, you must be you must be aware of a lot of different. Casting styles, you can see with the information available to us now on social media. Um, did you find it was uh, lending itself to casting like heavy crabs in, in you know, stiff winds and stuff? Um,
2: no, nah, probably not. Where we were fishing was sheltered water with obviously the light gear, but yep. I've just sort of ad- adapted, I guess, to, to my style, which was pretty agricultural, <laughs> I guess.
0: Yeah, well, you're a welder, mate. It's gonna have to be, right?
2: Well, that's
0: true. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. You know, like it's um, tra- tradies aren't pretty, are they? You know, with this definitely stuff. not. It's a it's a it's a white collar sport and blue blue collar entries. Me too, <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's well, that's that's pretty, mate. I, I, I it's it's that's, that's super interesting. I didn't know that about you, Deacon. I'm I'm glad this came up in the interview, and um, because. Ron is um Ron is someone that, that, that I've, I've admired from afar. Never spoken to the guy. He probably doesn't know who I am at all. But um, and uh, and and why should he? But for like what Volt said, he's Australian royalty in in, uh, in this game and very influential. Um, so you know you were very lucky. Did you realise how lucky you were at the time when you when you met Ron? Did you did you like oh wow it's Ron Pearson or anything like that?
3: Um
2: yeah, because I've always been a massive fishing nerd. Yeah, And uh, reading all my old grandfather's fishing magazines, it was always Ron and Rod Harrison and all those guys that I sort of, I guess, saw the whole scene from mm-hmm. rather than the newer guys, really. I was always more into that old-school sort of way myself. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, I definitely knew how lucky I was to get to meet him and fish with him a little bit. And, yeah, I'm forever grateful for that.
0: Yeah. I guess, well, then having that knowledge of, of exactly who you were um, getting taught by would have made you all ears as well, paying attention to it with everything you said, yeah?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Wow. Can I ask, uh, Deacon, what what sort of fly fishing resources did you, did you access as a student of the game? Um, well, when I was younger,
2: pretty much just old magazines. Yeah. Like really old magazines and then uh, – Obviously, I had old Jim in the shop. He helped me out a fair bit when I was a bit of a grommet and I was always yeah. in there asking questions and he was happy to
1: answer all of them, so. Yeah, right. It, it's amazing um, how many keen fish, fly fishermen in particular, and, and fishermen, but the role that, you know, having a, having a knowledgeable mentor available to bounce ideas and, uh, you know, I- ideas and, and get knowledge from it, it's so valuable in... Um, in uh getting you off on the right foot isn't it
2: yeah definitely Mm. yeah i guess i mean i'm I'm only young but it's still all that stuff was pre-internet
0: sort of
2: thing there was no youtube and that obviously so it
0: was all just magazines (laughs) yeah well i mean talent must run in the family i mean i mean i mean listen to led zeppelin mate great band you know so um (laughs) um (laughs) So, I mean, you did mention what, how long ago you've been in, in Exmouth for, but um, how long how long were you fly fishing in in uh, in Albany for before? I, I know I don't know. If, I apologise if we're going over old ground, but I just want to sort of establish a bit of a timeline of how long you've been doing it because I mean, you're kicking. We're going to get to this, but you're kicking some serious goals in a, in a great fishery. It's a great fishery, but to get those goals within that fishery is is really good. But you know, um, I guess. I guess we all want to be jealous to learn that you know, you've only been you know only been doing it for a short time before getting there and, and doing that. But what's the case, mate? Like how, how long were you fly fishing or had that interest or had a fly rod, you know, in Albany before moving to Exmouth?
2: So I've, I've sort of always had a fly rod or two ever since I was young, maybe like ten or so. But um, H- how I've old
0: having, are you now? You mind me asking? Um, it. Yeah, I'm 31.
2: Yeah, righto.
0: Yep. Well, wow.
3: so
2: um, old bastard. But, yeah,
0: <laughs> but
2: never really got in, like I would say, like getting into it. Like I always, I'd have it there and I'd chuck it around a bit and catch nothing and give up mm. for a kind sit in the shed for a couple of years and then I'd read something or see something and give it a go again. So, I mean, I I'd, I'd dabbled in it, but I, I wouldn't say that I got into fly fishing until maybe three or four years ago.
0: Okay okay well let's let's fast forward so um you um you know you're leaving the um well come back to albany soon sign you've driven past it and you're (laughs) on your way to exmouth how long ago was that uh that was three years ago right okay so the the um the real catalyst towards um some of these great great captures we're seeing on instagram and stuff is is um is is the move to exmouth essentially i mean you can't catch them in albany but 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 getting to xmouth and having those um options available to you it it supercharged that um that knowledge of fly fishing eh? like it because i mean it's fair to say you're an all-rounder right
2: yeah definitely
0: yeah and then and, yeah so but you're using you're using the option to catch fish on fly a lot more commonly now that you're in, that you're in xmouth
2: yeah so again like always being a fishing nerd i'd always seen photos of permit and bonefish stuff in the magazines and i caught a couple on conventional gear i was always into like that flat sort of fishing whenever i went on holiday to now and uh but then you just sort of you see it always done on fly so you just oh i bet i better do it the right way it's not that not being elitist or whatever but you feel like that's the right way to do it
0: yep well, what is that so can i ask you then is that what you thought at the start like i mean i know I'm, i know i'm skipping a lot of time frame here and asking this question but i'm interested to know that when you showed up in exmouth having experience of caught those species on holidays on conventional gear um you know you thought you, it sounds like you thought you weren't doing it the, the um the fish justice by not catching on fly it felt like the right thing to do which is what you just mentioned there. Do you still feel that way, or do you think that fly is the more effective way to catch them now? Uh, I
2: don't think it's probably the most effective way, but it's definitely what I feel is is the right way to do it.
0: Righto. Mm. Okay. So what's the what's the challenge in it for you then? Like, is it? I mean, sorry, that's the the question's in the answer. The answer's in the question now, I suppose. <laughs> but I'm interested in what what that challenge means to you then. Like, if if you feel it's not the most effective way to catch these fish then why do you do it
2: um like i, said, I just f- i fell in love with it to be honest yeah. like just every everything about fly fishing sort of spoke to me in what i like doing like sight fishing fishing the flats um just yeah everything about it. just and the challenge like you just get you get a bit bored of chucking a spin rod around all the time
0: mm.
2: well i did
1: anyway
0: it's- yeah right okay
1: I can see, you know, I can identify a lot with what you've said there, because um, it, it ties in very closely with my own journey at, at finding, you know, maximum satisfaction out of out of the the transaction using Fly. You know, like that that for me is the is the peak of the experience. And, and I acknowledge and respect that other people's mileage may vary. Hey, like it's yeah, not everybody gets off on the same shit. we all like a different party. But uh, for me, that's as good as it gets. You know, side fishing um, some of these fish, you know, <clears throat> especially the ones that take a little bit of extra effort to either feed, find, or land. You know, that that's sort of um, for me, that's the pinnacle of the experience. And you know, I, I find that that's uh, highly addictive. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent the same. I'm
2: I personally have not much interest in like, dredging or anything like that. I just I. Yeah, it just has to be sight fishing on the flats for me is the is the way to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I guess there's a lot of things like that. I suppose even that even people like uh, as a conventional fisherman, like there's um, there's plenty of species you'd prefer to catch on top water. You know, it's a little bit more challenging than than sinking something down. Uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I mean, it's a lot. I guess it's along the same lines. I mean, it doesn't matter what you know. Um, you know what What your uh what's your like vol said what your party is there i suppose um you're always whether it's going to be bait you might want to fish live bait or, or I, I don't know like if you're going to fish lures you know top top water seems to be the more challenging side of things i guess an an evolution towards that way of thinking would be fly fishing or even more you know top water fly fishing you know it's um yeah. i mean there's plenty of there's plenty of um inverted commas elitists who figure that trout are only cat you know, like a worth catching on on dries you know whether they're wrong or right i'm, I'm not here to say they're wrong but um <laughs> <laughs> but um but i mean you know like there's, there's all forms of that way of thinking and and it sounds to me that um and and like what you said there, boss both for, for both of you guys and, and i can also agree with that that you know setting that those um limitations on yourself and getting that job done is is, is extremely satisfying I, I i mean for me personally i tend to think that um fly fishing is is a very effective form of fishing and mate your knowledge of conventional might be different to mine but you know like for, for a lot of that a lot of those type of species i suppose i think um fly would be the most effective and i guess it's um you know it's it's just interesting to, to hear your sort of thoughts and it, and one of the unique things i wanted to talk about on this show tonight was your perception of when to pick up a fly compared to conventional because you are such a, a good all-rounder you know and it's um, it's not often we get all all- rounders on the show
2: yeah definitely mm. um, yeah I mean I find myself now leaving the the conventional gear at home more often than not unless I'm yeah fishing heavy heavy top water stuff pretty much
0: so okay so what why is that? Why, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving at home? I mean, I guess it's it might be inspiring for others to hear who might be at the point of bringing both on the boat, just in case they're having a shit time with the fly rod.
2: Um, well, the first thing is you don't get tempted to switch back over. That's mm. that's the number one, especially when you're starting out. It's so easy just to go, "Ah, stuff this. I'll grab the grab mm. the spin rod." But um, I think just that, yeah, all that shallow water stuff is is just. Yeah, it's just a hell of a lot more fun with a with a fly rod. You're better off just leaving the spin gear at home because you know when you, especially when you're starting out, you're going to grab that spin rod after ten minutes.
0: Have you have you done that on the flats? Like in the early days, did you bring a spin rod out on the flats? Yeah,
2: when I was starting out, yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot.
0: And did uh, you find? And, sorry, mate. Keep going. Apologise.
2: Oh, and just yeah, the end of the the end of the day, I just had to just say no, no more. Just leave it behind.
0: So it was becoming frustrating for you to um, to gravitate towards a spin rod at that time, yeah?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, okay. So I guess that's interesting for people who are listening. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people at that stage that bring both out on their boat. Um, we've all broken through that barrier, you know. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone should go through, through that barrier and become fly-only. Some people are and um, some people aren't. Deacon, you're, you're a great example of that. Again, to mention the all-rounder tag – um you know here's someone that's that's picking a certain style of fishing and and leaning towards fly i would imagine now that you'd be you'd be on the bow of your boat looking over a flat nothing on your mind besides fly fishing now right
2: yeah 100 percent.
0: yeah 100 percent. yeah really interesting so tell us um tell us about the species on offer at xmouth the people who, that have been living under a rock
2: um well there's there's not much we don't have we're lucky enough to have pretty much all the all the big ones anyway there's Plenty of permit, um, tuskies, goldens, spangos, big queenies, uh, big jates on the flats. There's some extremely large blue bastards they're very hard to catch. Mm. But, um, yeah, there's not much, around. big, lots of big milkfish. Um, yeah, pretty much everything you could want.
0: Did. Did there used to be a river over there? I, I was wondering this in the intro, but I'm interested to hear your answer. Okay, don't worry about it. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to give the uh, listeners a bit of context. It's a uh, it's a late one for us because uh, Deacon's uh, two hours into the into the um, into the past for us. I thought and, it was uh,
1: great by the way yeah,
0: yeah right. so it's <laughs> 10 30 at night for us over here and it's um sometimes hard to construct the sensors at this time of night <laughs> <laughs> second late one in
1: two weeks for us <laughs> yeah Ooh,
0: lovely yeah yeah so man, that's that's a pretty impressive range of species there you can see why that you gravitate towards um fly what about what about the species you'd be chasing on your conventional gear just 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 to get a grasp of the area a bit more.
2: Um, so for me on conventional stuff, it's, I like chasing big GTs, uh, mackerel, Spanish, big Spanish mackerel, and uh, all the, the billfish stuff, marlin, uh, sailies, and there's good fishery for
0: broadbill swordfish off there
2: as well. Wow.
0: Uh, why am I thinking you put one up on social media recently? Did you?:? Uh, a broad
2: bill? Yeah, I was lucky enough to get a broad bill oh, I was a few months ago, now back in winter, yeah.
0: Yeah, right.
2: What tell us about that?: Ah, uh, so I've been chasing one for a little while, chased them down south a bit when I was living down in Albany, but with no luck. And uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to, to ping one off Exmouth. It's, it's hard work and it's pretty boring fishing, but just dropping baits down five, 600 meters and drifting along and hoping one eats.
0: Wow. Holy roly, five six hundred metres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can see why you wouldn't be thinking fly with that, right?
2: <laughs> nah, not at all. I'm <laughs> sure it's been done, but it, is that is that a
1: nighttime thing or a daytime thing or what? Nah, these ones are all during the day. Yeah,
0: during the day. It'd, yeah, it'd be pretty dark at five six hundred metres. I'd imagine, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they come up to the surface at night to feed, and I think back in the day that's how guys used to get them, but it's I know a lot of guys that do it, but they just found it's easier during the day, and a lot more comfortable.
0: Yeah, right. what, do you, what do you feed them, like a live bait? You, can, you, can you make a live bait go down 500 metres? Is it exploding? Imploding? No,
2: it's all just like a strip bait, like a yellowfin belly or something and a big rock on some light mono and you drop that down and snap it off when it hits the bottom and <laughs> let it drift up.
0: Oh, right, okay. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Righto. So it's, it becomes unweighted once it gets down there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Pretty interesting, man. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, 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 we're a fly fishing podcast, but it, but it's all fishing, um, you know. So it's interesting to unravel. Like, I mean, that's a you must carry a fair bit of knowledge, mate, to be able to go and catch broadbill, then then back in to catch you know tuskies and stuff like that as well. It's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. It's just. Oh, I mean, it's living in such a great part of the world. The the continental shelf's only about. 8 kilometres behind the back of the reef, so about 9 k's offshore and you're in a couple of hundred metres of water in Exmouth, so it's easy to do that kind of stuff. You can transfer across pretty easily.
0: You're not, you're not interested in, in switching any of these billies on fly, though?
2: Uh, I have been, but and that's the other thing, 99% of my fishing is all done solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard. Well, I can imagine it would be hard to try and switch one onto a fly
1: Especially correctly, um, yeah. by yourself.
0: <laughs> Definitely.
1: So, so, Deacon. Um, certain times of the year, I'm I'm aware that the sailfish come inside the Gulf, um, in Exmouth, and there is opportunities to to you know sightcast a free swimming, unteased one. Is that is that something you've investigated? Um, I haven't. I haven't been
2: over there and had a look yet. But it's a hundred percent doable for sure. Yeah, from about september to the end of november yeah the sailfish are in the gulf they follow the bait that comes in and yeah you could you could definitely
1: do it for sure yeah right it sounds like it a really wild. cool yeah cool challenge is it is it only sales or do little blacks come in and that sort of thing as well um from what i've seen and heard it's it's only sales yeah okay yeah yeah so for, um, for our international listeners, Exmouth is sort of known as one of the places it's, – it's actually one of the most prolific Grand Slam uh, marlin or billfish um, fisheries in the world. And some of the uh, conventional uh, captains, one in particular, Eddie Lawler, is very famous for the numbers of um, blue, blacks and stripes he's getting in uh, on the same day on lures. Um, he also gets gets – what do you call it when you get – four we get the sailfish as well as a super slam yeah super slam i think yeah he gets a few of those too doesn't
2: he yeah yeah and uh, also worth mentioning with ed he does quite a lot of fly fishing as well for the yeah. for the bills and he's got a lot of records under his belt will have come over that deck for
1: sure so
3: he's yeah. worth
2: mentioning if guys want to head out and, and chase one that's for sure
1: is there a big yellow be- uh sorry yellow bell yellow fin um
2: bite over there as well uh, it's very fickle you you do get them during summer but it, it, it's hard to pin them down They they move around a lot yeah and wahoo ah uh, yeah there's wahoo again because the the bottom structure is probably not as you don't we don't have big high like seamounts or ledges or anything that come right up they're there right. but they're they're hard to pin down
1: sure sure and the um well, in on the East Coast, we have something called the East Coast Current goes uh, north to south. Is there a similar current um, uh, in WA? So there's a current that it
2: comes, pushes from uh, north of Exmouth down this time of year. I have no clue what it's called. But yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think it, we do get a Luan Current down south. I don't think this is a Luan. Right. But, um, yeah, once that current starts out, right, that's what brings all the – uh, the blues and the yellowfin
1: round. Right, and it gets some massive blues too, don't they, like granders. I know Eddie's got a couple of granders so far. Yeah, 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 you get some huge ones. Wow. It's, yeah, it's really on the map for for uh, marlin fishing globally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. Well, sounds like something's worth a further investigation at some point.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it, but yeah, I've just got to. It's hard to drag myself away from the flats, to be honest.
0: <laughs> totally well, get that. I was going to bring you back there, and I was going to bring up a subject that we, I don't think we we very rarely mention on this show, which is permit, right? Um, <laughs> um, got both species over there, right?
2: Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, anax and block eyes. Uh, so Mostly hang- block eyes.
0: Yeah, right, okay. Have, have you got both of them?
2: No, I've only caught block eyes.
0: Okay. What's uh What's the um the difference in scenario there? Like uh, is is um, anax just show up in a freak scenario, or they're just um, it's just it's just just outside of the distribution.
2: Yeah, I think it's like the the southern, the really southern extremity of their range, mm-hmm. and um, they seem to show up when the water's real hot, like middle of summer sort of thing, mm. and um. I th- from what I've seen as well, the flats on the creek mouths are probably seem to hold them a bit more.
0: Mm, okay, that's really interesting. And the block eyes are more out in the on the opens between on the like long beaches, long flats between the creek mouths. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. We we get them everywhere. To be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: In the Gulf yeah. on on all the open flats and on the on the uh, west side, the Ningaloo side along all the beaches as well.
0: Yeah. Right. Eh. That seems to be I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Vols, but it's, um, I mean that seems to be the general consensus over here too, right? Between where Annex <laughs> and Block Eyes will hang out.
1: Yeah, yeah. More more commonly find um Annex associated with with creek mouths and yeah, that sort of thing and block eyes if you had to draw that, you know, that analogy, reefs and yeah, sort of mm. more more uh, Annex more of an inshore type thing. Yeah, in general. Massive generality there, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. What what sort of um, water temperature are you getting on the flats in summer, Deacon?
2: Um, like middle end of summer in the Gulf can be over thirty degrees.
0: Yeah, right. Eh? Well, that's uh, that's not as cold as I would have thought it'd be for these annexes to sort of only show up then. Well, oh, um, uh, what sort of what sort of water temperature do you get in, in winter?
2: Ah, uh, so in winter it can be down to about eighteen.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, and, it, gotcha. and it's
2: tough, tough to catch anything then.
0: Do, do really? the same species hang around, or you get a you get a uh, a change of guard?
2: No, you get a change. I mean, you still get queenies and goldens,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but even
2: they slow down a bit. But the permit, even the blockies, disappear in winter. Yeah. Um, don't know where they go. Guess it's into deeper water around the shoals or something. But yeah, they then they show back up um, probably around October. You want the water to be 24. Four plus degrees, sort of thing, before they start showing back up. Right, a lot of.
0: I mean, it's the same country. I don't know why I'm surprised, but it's just such a such a lot of similarities. I guess Exmouth is is not far that far removed from where we are over on the East Coast, as far as water temperatures are concerned. Eh?
2: No, it'd be pretty on the same,
1: probably the same line as you guys just about. Very, very similar. rocky. Yeah, just a little bit further north
0: than us. But yeah, yeah, because Harvey Bay, like, uh, you know. Oh, I don't want to bang about it too much, but there's a, a real trigger around October when the water temperature gets on the flats at around 24 degrees there, uh, 23, 24, and it gets hotter as well. You know, Exmouth and Harvey Bay would be pretty similar laterally, I would, I would have thought. Do you reckon it's Rocky Vaults, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'll just have a look now while you two talk about water temperatures.
0: <laughs> yeah, Right. What, what temperature do you like your shower, Deacon?
1: <laughs> oh, I like, a, I like a cold shower.
0: Yeah, me too. I like to just you know harden up every now and then and just have a full cold, you know, and just <laughs> just grunt, you know.
1: I can do this. Do you the too, job, eh? mate. Yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: What's that, Joe Rogan? Jo- I would have thought you would have been more like Joe Rogan. Vaults, you know. Oh,
1: he so, has those ice ice
0: showers, doesn't he? Oh, I, I thought yeah, right. I, I yeah. No, I don't know, man. That I don't. I don't know. Where do you learn about that? Do you still subscribe to Joe Rogan magazine or? No. No?
1: No, I'm not in it. <laughs> No, okay. it's, um, Xmouth is probably equivalent to Shoalwater Bay, just looking at it. Oh, north. is it? Yeah, just north. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Brizzy, Brizzy would be similar, very similar to Shark Bay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, there you go, eh? Well, that's, um, that's pretty interesting. That's, um. That's an interesting reference to to keep in the mind. Jesus, yeah. late,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, when we go to Exmouth, mate, what what are we gonna do? Like, is there a time of year you, you've mentioned that the war, the best stuff happens on the warmer temperatures? Is there um, is there prevailing winds and and those sort of um, weather patterns that sort of make sometimes a year better than others, Deacon? Um, so yeah,
2: for the weather's probably better in winter, less yep. less wind around, but the fishing's slow. So I would yep. say October to April would be your uh, your window, right? Yeah, mm. for for the best flats fishing anyway. And it, the billfish is probably different, but I haven't done enough of it to to speak too much about that.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: Deacon, yeah. what's, the, what's the community like over there, mate? Like, did you have an influence or someone who um, you could lean on when you're learning this place?
2: Um, no, not really. So, <laughs> was, uh, okay. Sort of off my own back a bit. I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, I wouldn't say antisocial, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Introverted. Is that yeah, a that's the word. That's the yeah.
0: word. I can concur with that, dude. For sure.
2: I um I, I like to do things off my own back if I if I can. Mm. I did have a little mm-hmm. bit of help, but um mostly just sort of trial and error.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a good way to learn. I mean, it can be a long way to learn, but I mean, it's a really uh a good way to be able to adapt. That's for sure. And um did you did you eat shit a fair while there, mate?
2: Yeah. It was it yeah. was a struggle for a bit there.
0: Yeah. What is? How long do you reckon it? I mean, you've been there three years. Your Instagram is incredibly impressive. I've seen you catch some awesome fish. I'm wondering when the tipping, the tipping part. Jesus, man, it's late. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know when, when, when you got to a point of, of are you at a point of consistency? Uh, let me, let me ask you that first. And if so, when did that happen? How long into living there did it happen?
2: Um, it probably took twelve months. Yeah. Of, of yeah, mucking around and. I mean, I was like, I've been there a lot on holidays and stuff, so I had a general idea. But, yeah, it took it took probably 12 months to start really seeing fish consistently and then a little bit longer to work out how to put a fly in front of them to get them to eat at some regularity.
0: Yeah, so, okay. Because that's the thing. You've been there for 12 months. You're only going to get one crack at September, which we've mentioned on the show before when you're learning these, these places. So you you've um experienced a september there and then gone and then and learned enough from that to be able to like the next you know that that water temperature that time of year at that part of the season to be to be nowhere to know where to go and where to be i mean that'd have to be that has to be improving each year i guess that's oh, separate yeah. to consistency you know in a way but you're still learning more right
2: yeah yeah definitely like i mean yeah i was i didn't have my my boat set up the first couple of years for fly fishing really either which didn't help but in a way there's only a few flats in the gulf anyway to wade without a boat so you just mm. sort of you spend so many hours wading the same flats you learn a lot quicker
1: where yeah. and when you want to be i just just going to jump in here guys for um for people who mightn't have painted the picture for, or unfamiliar with Exmouth, so Exmouth is is got this incredible geography in that it's um it's a, a a very long um well it sits at almost at the top of a very long peninsula, and on one side you've got um on the western side you've got a like a, an effectively a, a barrier reef like a, a coral reef, um you know that drops as as um Deacon mentioned about. You know the continental shelf is only eight kilometers offshore, um, so it drops into very deep, clean water, tropical water, and on the inside you've got a shallow gulf on that's on the eastern side of this peninsula, and it's what twenty or thirty kilometers wide, I guess. Does that sound right? Or even yeah, right? or oh, wider. Yeah, forty five at the mouth of the gulf is probably
2: fifty k's wide.
1: Yeah, right, right, and yeah, and there's a there's a real. Um, say, plethora of of opportunities that are vastly different on each side. Um, and also, you know, with uh, – if you could imagine this big peninsula, there's there's plenty of options in um, most of those prevailing wind directions, you know. Like there's always a lee shore you can get a little bit of protection from. Yeah, um, definitely. Apart from a northerly, but no one but wants to northerly, anyway. yeah. Yeah, straight north is going to stuff up everything, isn't it? So <laughs> – I hate northerlies. Yeah, so <laughs> <sure> do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I've been fortunate to be to go to Exmouth um twice both times we were in a cool months month Once was in July um and that was specifically to target Australian bonefish um and um we we achieved that with the help of god we had Brett Wolf and in fact we got it done probably uh, on the first first morning I think it was the second or third cast but we sort of um we thought we we're going to kill the killed the pig after that but you know then the cloud came over a few other unseasonable sort of fuck-ups um happened and uh, we ended up getting two or three for for the week um but we also happened upon some barra like brett brett showed us a few few other options we found some barra down in the gulf that was really cool um i don't think we saw any permit that week but like as you mentioned it in is in july so water was cold on on all the flats on the gulf end on the on the reef. Um, and the second time I went there was in September and um, we were hoping for warming water, but I remember the, the locals were complaining about the water temperature being 19 and, you know, um, 19 degrees Celsius and nothing really happening. And certainly we saw some incredible fish, but they, they just weren't in the eating mood. Um, yeah, so um, pretty cool, pretty cool place. Uh, from that point of view, it was literally too cool when we were there both times.
0: Nice folks. I'm looking
1: forward to going back when it's warm. Um, Deacon, is there is there many things there that like you still still really want to try and and like there's there might be some fisheries that you're aware of that you know you may or may not want to talk about. Is there any anything you got cooking that you want to let us know?
2: I'd love to find some of those barra in the Gulf. That's for
1: sure.
0: <laughs> so you're saying you want you want to get a whole lot of barra, right? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't managed
2: to come across one yet. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It was um, it was a really funny spot. I, I, I should hand, I should, should point out that Andy Vockler kicked my ass. He loves telling that story. But um, <laughs> yeah. I'll a, yep. a one flathead, let's just say
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robert, and, what would you consider the best year for the stairway to per- permit, mate? Best, uh, best time of year?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I reckon <laughs> October till yeah, that October to April. Probably October to March, really. Yeah. Is, is the guy. I seem to find the bigger ones at the start of the season. So October, November, December.
1: Yeah. Right. Do, do you, do you prefer the golf or the, or, or Ningaloo?
2: Hunt uh, definitely the golf. The ones on the Ningaloo side are even more of arseholes than ever. Oh, um, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, they show you no quarter you're saying, right? Yeah. They're just, yeah. they're just
2: no good over there.
0: No, that makes <laughs> sense. That's for sure. Um, yeah right so um, mate, um, what are you, what sort of um, setup are you using on the on the flats over there mate you get you get pretty good conditions to lighten things down uh
2: no, it's pretty much always windy <laughs> um, so yeah I just fish it I fish a 10 weight for yeah pretty much everything Just hmm. a 10 weight with either uh, weighting I just use a floating running line with a sink tip, 15 foot sink tip. Mm. and out of the boat i just run a, a full sink line mm-hmm. yeah the, well, i think i use the sonar 30 the clear tip one
0: yeah yeah nice line for sure totally agree um yeah mate no, that that's really good so that um that blue dog you got there mate the other day the one that uh shared on beast brushes as well what what that thing eat because that's a that's a pretty big fish and um it sparked a, a, an interesting conversation I want to bring up as well once we learn the what, what it ate.
2: Yeah, it was just on a – just a one o, ten VGDC.
0: Yes. You're kidding me.
2: Good fly, that. Eh? Another Brave one.
0: <laughs> another <laughs> one racked up to the VGDC. Yeah,
2: and just a 20-pound 20 20 pound tippet and, yeah, on a, on a 10 weight.
0: So I'm going to just bring this up. Um, what was so, the conversation? Yeah. What's that, sorry? What was the conversation, the discussion? I'm, I'm just going to bring this up. I don't know if I mentioned that. I feel like I said that. It must have been in my head. But um, give me two seconds. Yeah. So, so, um, Stu Dodd put a comment there to to the picture that I shared on there saying, that particular location has the most tricky fish too. So any tusky from that patch is worth by five. Yeah, What's, they what's are he talking there. about
2: man uh, can a,
0: you translate can you speak fluent stew
2: yeah so <laughs> I'm probably not gonna not gonna mention the spot but yeah um it it gets fished a lot it gets fished heavily and it's just you're fishing in waves like two foot high waves and snaggy crap but yeah the, and the fish there are flighty as because yeah they, they've seen a lot of flies they right. see a lot of
1: baitos as well Is it a waiting spot?
0: Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is it it close to town or something, is it? Oh, You can't get a spot away. Sorry, mate. But is it close to easy access, I should say? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, that explains a lot. Actually, Stu, if you're listening to this, mate, I need to apologize to you. As I open that up, I realize you replied to my message there. Um, And I'll read out Stu's reply and tell me if you agree. You probably it heavily fished, prodded and poked. Uh, it's the Gaza Strip of the fishing world. <laughs> 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 to get big, they have to be the smartest. Um, they have seen every kind of offering a fisherman can present. If you trick one at that spot, you're on your game day. On your game, you probably could have done without writing day at the end there, Stu. But hey, I get it, mate. Do you do you concur with that there, Rob?
3: Yeah,
2: it that it's a tough spot. Um, I actually fished with Stu there the other last break and uh, yeah. we got our asses kicked. Fair dinkum. Had lots of shots and zero eats.
1: Would you rate Stu as a fisherman, Deacon? Yeah, he's a weapon. He's <laughs> a weapon. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's uh I guess he probably leaves a lot of fish days and confused, I'd imagine, eh? <laughs> 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 yeah, man. It's uh has he ever taken his houses of the holy? Changing you some spots around there?
2: Um, no, I, I, that's the only time I've ever uh, fished with him actually. I've got to get him, convince him to uh, take me up and show me some of his honey holes up north a bit further.
0: Man, what a heartbreaker! I'd love to see, um, you know, one of his bigger fish, like you know, what what fish is Moby Dick the stew? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything okay, guys. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I got yep. it.
1: I laughed.
0: It was good. Yeah. No, no. I just heard a bit of silence there. I was wondering if I, uh, if everything was all right. No, it's all good, man. All,
1: mm.
0: good. It's all good. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> wow, man. It sounds like a pretty epic place, Deacon, and and you're kind of nailing it. That's for sure, mate. It's um, there's a there's a lot going on it. What sort of what's what boat are you running, mate? Oh, uh, like a pretty rough place.
3: Yeah,
2: I've got a uh, six meter penguin that's been cut back into a center console. Yeah, probably not the not the best flats boat in the world, but it's good for doing a bit of everything. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I've actually never heard heard of that brand of boat. Um, is that a glass? Is oh, it is that, is it a plate boat? Is it?
2: No, nah, it's a glass. It's a it's an old Penguin Phantom. It's an old Haines hole. It's like it's older than me. But
0: right. Okay. What? Oh yeah, okay. I'm just I'm just going through your um through your page now i i I believe i can see it uh in a few of these shots mate
2: yeah it's a it's a brilliant hull but yeah like i said it's very heavy and it's probably not the best flats boat in the world but it gets the job done
0: how um how how um skinny are you getting though i mean on that boat i wouldn't imagine would would uh would still draw a fair bit of water but for those listening you know like it's in, in some places in australia to get it getting all rounder like it's it's pretty hard to do x-mount is a pretty pretty wild place that's for sure i mean and first for yourself to be an all-rounder to have an all-rounder boat you know like it's um it must be pretty interesting but you know like you're still going to get in some pretty skinny water right is that are you fishing like the the limits of the capabilities of that boat in, in shallow water you reckon
2: yeah i'm scraping it along the bottom in spots and i've parked it on a couple of rocks and but um I guess that's another thing worth mentioning is the flats in Exmouth tend to be a bit deeper than normal. Yeah. Um, especially on the west side, you're fishing in sort of, well, sometimes it's nearly two metres of water.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a massive mind bend for me. We, first spot we fished was Ningaloo uh, Reef and, you know, yeah, the flat. I so said, how, how deep is the flat here, Wolfie? Because I oh, was six foot, you know, sort of like, I guess it's, I guess it is a flat, man, but I wasn't expecting this. You know, he goes, "Yeah, did you bring those heavy flies?" Like I said, and said, "Yeah, mate, we did." But yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. um, Even the even the golf is yeah. You're fishing. You're quite often fishing fairly deep water, which is makes seeing fish a bit difficult sometimes. But
0: yeah, what's what's the deepest you would find yourself fishing flats over there?
2: Uh, I mean probably probably two meters of water is is as deep as I would want to fish to be honest
0: yeah. Mm. And you said both fish that scenario like I mean are you are you seeing fish? I mean bonefish are um, as an example are um, notoriously hard like difficult to see in in some scenarios in, even in really shallow water. you know it goes to the flats it's 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 a legit name for people who've seen them. I'm sure everyone could relate. but you can still see those fish all right in two meters like the water's that clear, right?
2: Uh, it's, you're not really seeing individual fish. It's more of a, a school of fish or a feeding school of fish, probably yeah. is a better term. And, um, quite often it, it's not just bones, it's, there'll be bones and goldens and permit all together feeding sort of thing on those, oh, on wow. those side flats.
0: You, you'll see a, 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 a melee of um, feeding fish that will involve all those three species, yeah?
2: Yeah, yep. Well, that's plus, wild, plus man. A few other undesirables. It's always the
1: golden against the fly, isn't it? Always. Or the all the little blue trevally. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, over there you get that you get uh, a lot of big spangled emperor on the flats too. Do you want to talk about those? Yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: So yeah, we got really good um, on that western side, on the Ningaloo side is really good for big Spangos on the flats, especially in summer. Uh, when the the turtles are hatching, they they love getting up and chewing on a few of those. So in summer you get big packs of well, up to like 70 centimetre spangos hunting in water that barely covers their back sort of thing.
1: Far out. They'd be close to unlandable if there's any any uh, structure around, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. They go hard. They're, they're a pretty cool fish.
0: What are there other names for people who are listening? Like, a, like Spangled Emperor, pretty common. Not a common fish in Australia, but well-known. They got I mean they got other names around Australia. People call them sweet lip as well, don't they? Some people, um, but have they got other names around the world. Do you guys know?
2: Uh, I know I fished in uh, I fished in over in southern Oman. They call them shari over there.
0: Right. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's interesting. <coughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that I I can't think of any other parts of the world that they um. That they catch them? To be honest. I'll be honest with you. Do you guys know of anywhere? Oh, I've yeah. heard any other names for them. Yeah, just no.
2: that. I mean, yeah, we caught plenty when I fished over in Oman, but other than that, I'm not too sure. How so,
0: would you des- How would you describe them? For like, I mean, they're they're all they almost look like a type of leganet, but they're not at all, are they? Really, but they're just a, they're a similar similar sort of build to a red bass. Maybe
2: that's
0: probably no, not even accurate a, either. You know,
2: more of a, I guess. Uh, Australia, like a snapper, like a pink snapper or a red snapper. Yeah. Or I guess dentex if you're talking overseas, that kind of fish, yeah. Oh.
0: Dentex. I've never heard of that before. What's but, dente- yeah? It refers to their teeth, doesn't it? <laughs> a dentex. Dentex. Common dentex fish. Yeah, let me have a look at that.
2: <laughs> a dentex are like a... A snapper looking thing they get in
0: the in the Mediterranean and Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that yeah they well they look a lot like a snapper. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the similarity between that and and a sweet lip, yeah, for sure. Yep. There you go. One one for people to reference to. Dentex look a lot like a snapper, man. They look they must be very closely related. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you find these things, um, what cruising the flats, like out in open sand, are they? Like when you're talking about those ones, yeah,
2: yeah, you find them on open sand or, yeah, any if there's reefy stuff around, they'll be all over that as well. Get them up. I've seen them up tailing before over the over the rubbly stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, they love crab flies. Chuck a crab fly in there, you're almost almost guaranteed.
0: That's well, my next question. Was um, what are they doing on the sand? Are they are they are they feeding or schooling or just? Uh, but they're obviously feeding, right?
2: Yeah, you see them grubbing around in the sand, and and like I say in the in the summer when the turtles are hatching, they're they're waiting for those little turtles to get in the water.
1: Huh. Savages,
2: <laughs>
0: fuck. Yeah. What are they? Well, yeah, have you seen them? You see you've seen them eating turtles, then yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: How sick would that be? Like the tired turtle fly and get would be just a real novelty, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. Turtle gurgler, <laughs> Turgler. Turgler. <laughs> so do they eat them off the surface? Are they? Are the these tur- little baby turtles? Do they? Um, do they hover around the surface when they're swimming out? Yeah, yeah. So this this must be like chucking a brick in the water when those things eat them, right? Yeah, just
2: about. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's yeah. insane. That's cool. How selective are they when they're like that? Are you? Are, are you like going through your box looking for a turtle imitation, or they won't eat anything else, or are they? do are they do nah, opportunistic.
2: Yeah, if you chuck a if you chuck a crab fly in there, they'll they'll eat it. Like anything really. Chuck clouds are in there or whatever. I know friends of mine who fish conventional were catching them on these those like floating frogs.
0: Oh, yeah. like the ones that they they chuck in for jacks and stuff like that. Those weedless zoom yeah. frogs and stuff. Like that.
2: Yeah, and the and the the hard ones that they use in America that blacks they look like a little turtle.
0: Oh, like the um like scum frogs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. With the with the soft body that crushes and there's two hooks that expose themselves. Then is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nuts. They must um they must uh, have a pretty big um well, they must crush a hook like I mean not crush a hook but just crush that artificial. They must really clamp down to find those um hook points, you know? Yeah. There's
3: those, not, those not too many.
0: F- yeah, not too many fish we've got in Australia that are going to eat something like a largemouth bass. That's for sure. Like those yeah. those things are pretty keen to eat anything by the looks of it. But um, I'm probably going to cop a lot of hate from our, our US listeners from from that one. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Send me some footage where they look fussy. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know yeah. they must be um, the dumbest fish in the world. Whoa, whoa, hey, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna distance ourselves from that comment. Okay, <laughs> sorry to leave you hanging there, Deacon. You know, we know you're a guest, but we just can't 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 deal with that hate, man. You know, I'll put what's <laughs> sleeping
1: Benito up with them, eh? Yeah, what is? What, yeah, what I was the lead, anything, mate? Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. Can do. Goldens, mate. Goldens. Gold- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy in X mouth knocking <laughs> goldens. <laughs> 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 do you not remember what it was like to just have brim, mate? Come on.
2: Yeah, wow, well, true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, mate. Anyway, mate. Pretty interesting fishery, mate. Those spangles. Um, I, I don't know why they don't get. Uh, I mean, they they are pretty revered, essentially. Really, they don't get really knocked or looked over. Like it's funny we're talking to Al Simpson in regards to his red bass that he has out in the out in the sand doing that in the Great Barrier as well. And man, red like red bass just don't seem to get that 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 cred that they that they deserve. You know, like it's I uh, I don't know if it's um just me, but it seems to be. I mean, spangled perch, spangled emperor, rather. Have always been a prized table fish, but as far as a sports fish like that's concerned, you know, I really only know some sort of coming online like in the last you know 10, 12, maybe fifteen years, I suppose. Really, prior to that, it was just a, a bottom basher's delight, really. Which is it's pretty cool to see them like this and hear of them getting hunted in those scenarios. I could be really wrong. That's just for me. That's all I've noticed. But I don't know how about you guys? Do you, do you guys see it like that as well? Or I mean, it's not the sort of fish that you've always seen in the in the in the eighties in fishing mags getting chased on poppers and nothing like that.
2: Oh. No, definitely not. I know it was it was very big in Xmouth, like conventional fishing for spangos oh, probably started maybe ten or twelve years ago. a lot of a lot of friends of mine were going up there doing trips, just just chasing spangos on poppers and stuff oh, inside yeah. the reef there. but like you say it was never it was never something that was written about back in back in the day, that's for sure
0: to learn about a fishery of, you know, seventy centimetre um spangled emperors on the flats, tailing, readily accepting crab flies and, and smashing baby turtles off the surface. Sounds pretty wild, man.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a cool it's a cool thing to do, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's nice. How how heavy do you reckon a seventy centimeter spangled emperor would be?
2: Oh have to be kilo maybe a bit less than that they're pretty skinny okay yep yeah five five kilo probably
1: yeah they pull every bit as hard as a mangrove jack those things yeah yeah definitely they really pull hard
0: Mm. yeah i mean even the even the bottom bashes over here that catch the well sweet lip uh, are they the same species vaults sweet lip Mm. but we've got not painted sweet lip
1: now we've we've got a couple of different ones that they, grass, the yeah, grass, we've got Sweet Lip or, or grassy emperor. We've got red throat or tricky snapper. They're all got different names, obviously. Um, right, yeah, but they're um they all pull like fuck, yeah.
3: Because
0: yeah, cause you hear the potatoes say around here, they're like, you know, the only reason you get small ones here is because you can't land the big ones because they're so so hard to stop.
2: Yeah, that and they're dirty fighters too. There's a. Any crevice or crack
0: there they'll be in there. Yeah, right, okay. That reminds me of my co host. <laughs> I don't even know what that any, means. any any crevice or crack he's he's in there, man. You know, I just he's hiding out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, um, Deacon, one thing I've always wanted to ask a, a local about about Xmouth is um on the Ningaloo Reef, do you, do you ever see bumpies over there? Yep. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, you, you, I, yeah, not common enough to target them. I don't know anyone that's targeted them. I've seen them a few times, but um, yeah, I've never chucked a fly at one.
1: Right, right. But they are there. They're, yeah, they're definitely there. Yeah. You get Napoleon wrasse? Ah, uh, no, no radio. Um, and milkies. Uh, uh do they get up on the um, on those uh, reef flats at times too, like big ones? Uh, yep, mostly out on the current
2: lines, out the back of the reef yeah, on that side. But in the Gulf, I've seen them up on the flats, tailing up on the flats before. Yep. Not giant ones, but still good fish. I've never convinced one to eat, but they're definitely there.
1: Yeah, right. Right, that'd be, um, that'd be great if you could consistently feed those things, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. caught a few um,
2: on Bait and stuff, bread, back in the day. And, man, I'd love to get one on fly.
3: That's
0: interesting. Pretty possible, though, right?
2: Yeah, it's definitely doable. Plenty of guys have got them. I know uh, John O'Shale's got a fair few on fly behind the reef, some really big ones. But um, we also have a massive shark problem in Exmouth.
3: Right.
1: And I, I don't know how long one would last. Do you feel as that's interesting? Can we can we just go down that path for a bit?
2: Yeah.
1: Has that that shark problem got worse in recent years?
2: Uh, I've definitely noticed it. Even in the yeah, even the three years I've been there, it's gotten worse. Especially the last couple of years because we've had a lot more traffic, like a lot more people fishing. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What? It's it's bad. <laughs> Are the sharks, do you, do you know they're hanging around the boats? Are they just opportunistic or what? Uh, they'll, they'll follow your boat around if you're
2: behind the reef. They'll, as soon as you stop, there's 10 under the boat. Wow. What type are they? Uh, mostly just whalers, yeah, black right. tips and bronzies and stuff.
0: Man, it's a, it's a, it seems to be a pretty common scenario around most of the country, eh? Yeah, yeah.
2: What's going on? and even even on the flats, some days they're bad
0: it's not even around the country i I hear podcasts from overseas saying the same thing as well you know it's it's everywhere it's most most popular fishing destinations are are plagued by sharks
2: yeah i don't know whether that's because good fishing is around good shark country but it's definitely it's definitely uh it's definitely getting worse
0: well, I don't know. But I don't know, mate. I mean, like even just locally, noticing from from, from years, even with just tuna, like you'd know yourself. Also, you know, like there was in like ten years ago, there there wasn't uh, just to pick a number out of the head. But I think ten years would be fair enough to say that you just wouldn't get. You'd be lucky. You'd be a, such a novelty to get sharked in in Morton Bay. You know,
1: I, I think like the ten, the ten years prior to two thousand and eleven, like I I can remember getting sharked maybe three times and now on tuna in Morton Bay and now I'd actually be happy to only get sharked three times in one day Morton mm. Bay. You know, like it's it's got that that bad in some places, you know. Um and I yeah, it's to the point where I even if there's tuna there, a lot of the times I I'd, I'd probably just drive past it to because it I know they're probably gonna get eaten, you know.
0: What do you chase yeah. then? Chase tuna but somewhere
1: else
0: Oh right, okay, gotcha
1: (laughs) Yeah mate, but yeah, Yeah. this is about Deakin Deke's
0: um (laughs) You could see it coming couldn't you
1: mate (laughs) What's the the options when you're there If you're you're a DIYer Or or you're new to the scene So we'll talk about, do it yourself And then we'll talk about some of the uh, Some of the guiding operations in the area
2: Yep So if you're if you're doing it yourself the mm. the easiest and probably most consistent would be to fish the ningaloo side there's a there's a road that runs for a, from the from the tip of the peninsula all the way down to then there's a, a creek you can't you further it's about 60 or 70 kilometers and there's probably um probably 30 or 40 little spots you can pull in and there's flats on just about every one of them and you can, yeah, catch yep. uh, goldies and spangos and permit, even bones if you if you find the right spot and, yeah, pick your way yep. along there.
1: Yeah, the idea of, of catching uh, uh, an Australian bone, you know, um, is probably pretty novel to a lot of Aussie fly anglers. Um, uh, how would you describe the the, the bone fishing there? um like
2: they seem to like like we were saying before the deeper water yeah so if you're doing it off the off the shore wading mm. um if you can if you can get it when you've got a like a spring low and you can walk out to a, a drop off where you can see physically deeper water you look mm. for them along there and it it's pretty similar in the boat you you're looking for for slightly deeper water off the edge um, right patches of weed is is helpful as well
1: okay yeah and, in, and are they fussy in your experience or not
2: no not at all if if, if you can get a fly in front of them they'll they'll eat it <laughs> well yeah. yeah i've caught them on caught them on clouses and um mostly just fish on, on that west side i pretty much just fish a, a uh mcveigh's gotcha that's that's basically all i use over there for everything, yeah. permit everything
3: Right, mm.
1: right, and that normally, you know, I, I'm averse personally to to running much flash in my flats flies, but Ningaloo Reef side of things, that you know, it seems to not be as big a problem over there. They love those gotcha flies, there, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I
2: run a fair bit of flash in them, and added a couple of rubber legs in, um, yeah. I like I like that style, and, and either tan or or a cream colour for the overwing.
1: I just use craft fur for that.
3: Yeah,
1: right right. okay. that sounds pretty simple. I mean um, you know it' uh, I'm so simple it's it makes fly choice a lot easier when you're there if, if you're um, if you know the fish are uh, uh, you know just gonna eat that, then you know one less thing to worry about your presentation if you miss one it's could be the retrieve or the depth rather than the actual fly so yeah, yeah. definitely it narrows down your decision making process, which is really cool. Actually yeah. do you get the um like tuskies are something i'm big on obviously I, I love catching those things um uh do you get the you call them blue bones though and i think they might be even though they're not recognized as being different species i wouldn't be surprised to find out they're different to the east coast ones um do you do you get them down the, the reef side or or are they mainly on on rubble patches inside the um inside the gulf um. No.
2: You get you get them uh, on the on that uh, reef side as well. They're yeah. fairly spot specific. Like oh. if if you, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to tell you where, but yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's plenty just, of spots just down there. Give us the see.
0: GPS marks, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's
2: there's plenty of access points where where you will see them, and um, that side of the of the coast, you're not allowed to spear them. Right. So, right. So there's uh. There's plenty of them, and they're big, but they're they're still bloody smart. <laughs> I think the well, spear
1: take a terrible toll on them over here, eh? Like they just get right into them.
2: Yeah, and I know it's happened. I, I shouldn't speak too bad because I come from a fairly heavy spearfishing background as well. But yeah, um, I know like North Dampier and Karratha are Talking to a few boys up there, and some of the spots where they used to be able to get them quite consistently, they they don't see one there now. It's just been hammered so can, yeah.
0: can, can i ask you in regards to um these closures for spearfishing for like parrot species like tuskies yep. is there a, is there a difference in the health of the reef
2: um i'm not too sure i've, I've never been there pre the closure so I mean, well to... i mean
0: like say i mean do you spend any time in Caratha right, and see see the area up there
2: uh, i haven't fished i've only worked up there unfortunately
0: oh okay sure yeah it's just that you know uh, um you know you know that all those parrot species are such you know clean the reef they they, they eat a lot of the algae and so on there they process that coral and make that nice white sand through through the poop you know it's just um it'd be interesting to see if there was, um an imbalance in that species like if you had the opportunity to look at one area compared to the other being so close you know but um Obviously, that's yeah. That would be a unique situation, you know. I just wondered if you'd observed that, but yeah. Obviously, that's not gonna be applicable. Yeah,
2: and it, it's it's slightly different as well. The um, all that sort of karatha area. It's I mean, there's coral and stuff there, but it's not like what you see at Ningaloo.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not that barrier reef sort of, sort of. I don't know how to describe it. Zone, really.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, nice one, mate. Well, that's pretty interesting, mate. Very, very interesting. Um, Boltz, check your text messages, mate.
1: Oh shit, got eight of them.
0: What's this? Deacon, what you probably don't know, mate, is that we we uh we try to curate the show and let each other know what we're up to or who's gonna speak next just by text messaging each other. Ah oh, nice. No. Um so <laughs> one of us one of us has gone rogue. But that's cool, mate. Um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> that's cool, mate. Our listeners will know that this is not the first time I've made that comment on the show. Yeah,
1: sorry, I had, I had it switched. Switched uh, the, the the text message switched to silent. So
0: yeah, it's, yeah, doesn't matter, mate. We we're, we're here now, that's for sure. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're really yeah. really oh. into it.
1: Normally, Deacon will be navigating the thing, you know, the the interview. You ask him this, I'll ask him that, you know, that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, I I apologise to everybody. I'd been missing Chris's cues here. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Chris's cues. It sounds like a uh, a, an offshoot podcast that we could be making. Chris's cues. (laughs) We won't. Deacon, mate, is there anything you'd like to share with us in regards to Mouth that we haven't brought up that you're probably sitting there going, I wish these guys would talk about this. Is there something interesting that your 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 Instagram doesn't tell the story of or, or we haven't brought up yet? Uh, I,
2: would, I would like to touch on, on one thing quickly. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys were going to ask the question next or not, but um, just it can be a, a tough joint to fish, especially DIY, and they're... There's quite a lot of guides in the area. Yeah. Um I mean obviously the the best thing to do is, is hook up with one of them really. Yep. And um all, all of them are, all of them are great and get into a hell of a lot of fish so um you've got you've got Brett Wolf from Ningaloo Fly Fishing who's pretty well <laughs> renowned for his permit stuff and and the bonefish and everything. Yep. And um and then Jono O from uh, Xmouth Fly Fishing. Again, really good on the flats and stuff. He does a fair bit of uh, bill fishing as well on fly. Uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And then um, Mark Turner from Fly Fishing Frontiers. I'm yep. um, not too sure how much work he's doing at the moment, but I know he's still guiding when he can. Yep. And uh, obviously Ben Knight from Ningaloo Sports Fishing who does a bit of, bit of everything, but he's a, he's a gun on the fly rod as well.
0: Yeah, we really should, we we we've been amiss to not after I don't know how many episodes we've done now, 118, to not have a guide on from over there. Actually, we really should pull our finger out, Volte. Hey? Yeah, we should.
1: We should. It's not it's not deliberate that if we ever avoid something, it's just it's pretty haphazard here. The, the intermediate <laughs> line, it, it's sort of like uh, you know, there's there's no there's no mission, there's no hidden agenda. It's just. You know, typically we record on a Wednesday night. This week it's a Thursday, um, you know, and it's just sort of what are we going to do? Normally Monday or Tuesday. We're going, hey, hey, mate, what do you got for this week? I don't know. What do you got for this week?
0: Fuck, you know. You know what <laughs> that that sounds like to me. That sounds okay. like something someone with an agenda would say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's never any anything deliberate. It's just you know wh- whatever happens. Sort of happens
0: and Oh, get, yeah we, we should be called the unplanned line That's for sure
1: Yeah <laughs> Yeah But, yeah. you know this, sometimes...
0: gig,
1: this gig don't pay So, you know It's got to fit in amongst
0: their other shit You know, Rob, you've got to understand, mate That, you know Sometimes <laughs> things don't go to plan, mate <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Yeah, yeah. It's easy mistaken identities, you know, miscues, you know, you name it, mate. We, we, we do it all, <laughs> mate. Well, I mean, it's interesting. You should bring that up, mate. So that's uh, I'm glad you glad you shoehorn that in. That's for sure. But um, we are yeah. coming to the point of the interview where we have to realise that we could either keep talking for um, a couple more hours, or wrap it up. So, in the immortal words of uh, Voltsy, we've been chewing your ear off now for an hour and twenty um <laughs> we might have to wrap this puppy up with you dude so i want to say thank you for uh making the time particularly seeing you got the bum steer for the time schedule from um my learned colleague here
2: <laughs> no it's no drama at all lads no. i'm uh glad to be on glad to be involved and happy to be here
0: yeah um, i could yeah. tell you from experience of fishing at late nights with vaulty that that the later the show is. The um the less the less capable he is, mate. You know, <laughs> it's
1: true. It's true. The conversation gets worse the later it gets, mate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The the planning, everything like that. You know, the 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 planting. Um. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. All right. Hey,
1: yeah, Deacon. I've uh, thanks for coming on. I've really enjoyed. Um your contribution tonight and i i also want to say thank you for your um your support of the intermediate line right from the start man i I think i've always seen you liking and commenting and really appreciate it mate it's fantastic thank you no no drums, lads It, um i have
2: a very long commute to work every two weeks so it keeps me pretty sane on the road so
0: nice (laughs) so So you're basically saying that we we keep you from crashing
2: (laughs) just yeah definitely
0: (laughs) yep so you right. heard it first here, folks. The intermediate line keeping you informed about fly fishing and alive. <laughs> 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 it's yeah. going on my resume. Good, isn't it? Yeah. Lifesaver. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mate, let's wrap it up then, hey?
2: No worries, bud. Thanks
0: again. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it, dude. Thanks, dude. See you So I don't think he heard any of those emissions, mate. Sorry? I don't think he heard any of those emissions. Were you dropping them, mate?
1: Didn't no, that
0: wasn't it wasn't me, mate. It might
1: have been him.
0: I don't know, mate. He's a cagey fellow, mate. I can't. I don't think I could have made any more Robert Plant references, you know? <laughs> it sounded like it just went over his head like a, I don't know, like a Zeppelin made of lead, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, that,
1: he, just, yeah he was so smooth with those. They went sh- I well, went straight past him where he wasn't taken to bait. It's sort all of like the "What's up?" dog, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the
0: "What's up?" they at the beginning. kidding. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, mate, he's either he's either a, a smooth, super smooth operator, or he's a good representation of boilies across the country.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, I'm. He was uh, he was cold blooded, man. He was he was like a like a reptile, mate. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. He'd, Mate, you can imagine him in front of a, a permit, you know, he's fucking cold, really good.
0: Stone yeah. cold. Stone cold. Yeah. Darn, man. <laughs> well, man, Exmouth's uh, an area that's that's well and truly in the media and, and is world-renowned, so it was pretty good to get someone. He could be our first person we've had who resides in Xmouth to come on yeah. the show. I, I think he is, right?
1: Probably. Probably it's wow, it's, a
0: took place, their time.
1: it's a place every uh, keen fly fisherman sh- should seriously have a look at and try and get over there. You know the opportunities <clears throat> over there are really cool. Um, you know, like we mentioned, billfish, permit, come on, bonefish, bastards, tuskies—it's all there. Anything you want. Yeah. A
0: yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of them, but they're there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um. I like Deacon's progression, mate. Like he's, what, three years in Exmouth and he's kicking so many goals, it's it's crazy. You know, I I really wanted to sort of, it's hard to get into that that, that mindset or that psyche of someone who's um, who's an all-rounder and that, like I was surprised to hear, because it's a rare thing to get an all-rounder who's successful at being an all-rounder, you know. He's kicking a lot of, making a lot of people pretty jealous with his well, Shouldn't say jealous. A lot of people are pretty, pretty happy for him. I should say, or rather probably, a better way to put it: envious, maybe. He's catching some glamorous species anyway, and and who wouldn't want to put themselves in that position? You know, that's for sure. Let me put it that way. But at the same time, like you, know, you look at all these um conventional um exploits, and and it's it's just it's just as up there. You know, like uh, some of these some of these things that he's catching on conventional gear are crazy. Like even that that broadbill, that was that was pretty wild, eh? You know who who. It's not like he's he's got a page full of broadbills there. He must have just decided like, this is how I want to do it. This is what I want to do. You know what I mean? And we're um, yeah. just gonna get it done. Yeah, you. And got I to think that's to... an. Sorry, you're all right, mate. It, sorry, no, it's my fault. You go. I was just gonna say, that's that's just that's. There's no other way to put it but say that's an impressive angler. You know, that's a good angler. You know. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is
1: a sign of a. An all-round angler and and it's no surprise and we've said it in the past that quite often there's people who have have got a broad skill base to to call upon you know um they really kill it when they get into fly fishing
0: mm. Mm. you yeah, know for sure man uh, but yeah i was interested i was actually surprised to not hear him think that that fly fishing was an effective way of catching them you know like uh, it made me think am i being have i been clouded that hard from from fly fishing you know like it's uh i don't think it's wrong to you know i wonder if how many people would agree in thinking that um fly fishing is for for, for species some species at least you know fly fishing is definitely a more effective way of, of fishing than than anything else you know
1: Oh, i think it's a pretty situation and species specific but you know i can think of you know like if Using, using the old analogy, if someone put a gun to your head and said you needed to catch X, Y, and Z, you know, like, there'd be a lot of situations where it'd be going for the spin rod.
0: I think it, we've mentioned on the show before, I think it just comes down to being able to apply your fishing knowledge. Like, you've got Deacon there who's an all-rounder and, and understands the species of the fish take out the way to catch them is, is uh, for lack of a better term, empathetic to the species that he's chasing. By that, I mean... You know, will we'll, we'll, uh, instead of wanting to catch them on the weekend when he's got time, like he'll make the time at the best bite windows and opportunities or whenever the tide suits and stuff like that. So he's putting himself in a, in a great position because of his knowledge of the fish and then, um, and then chooses to, to, to pick fly. Um, and it was interesting to learn that he does that through setting his own limit, like putting limitations on himself. You know. Mm-hmm. But I think that what what holds a lot of people back, I suppose in those scenarios as I was leading on to was the understanding of the of the gear, you know, and being able to make that cast once which I've mentioned on the show before, once you can make that cast without without giving it too much thought, um, understanding the, the you know, the um, the gear, as in like what weight rod you need to be able to cast a fly you want to have, i.e. to the conditions. And also considering the fish you're going to lift, the fly line, where you, how you want that to sink through the water. There's all these combinations that have got to come through. To, and to a lot of people with a lot of experience, those things come pretty naturally, you know. So it's um. But if you can get, let's say, like you, you move past that in your in your lifetime, and all you were left with was, you know, catching that fish with full knowledge of the fly that you got tied on and and, and the gear and and what it's going to do. It generally involves targeting a species and setting up for that species, but. Once all that's through, which it does sound like it's a lot, but it's not that, it's not really, it just comes with time. Fly fishing is a very effective form of fishing, you know, compared to other forms, including bait, you know? Wouldn't you agree?
1: It can be. Again, I think it, it can be, but a part of the, when you explore the, you know, the limitations or, or, even, or even just the covering water aspect that... Um, uh, you know, of of fly versus spin. You know, I, I still think in a lot of scenarios, you know, spin spin will open up a lot more opportunities. But um, here's a spin. You know, other other conventional, is probably a better way to put it. It,
0: it. it would it would open up these opportunities in in a shorter time frame. You know, maybe right. Um, okay, now well, let me let me try and understand what you're saying in, in a different way. Then maybe paint it in a different light. Even if you had. The, the, the highest level of skill of, of casting and the highest level of understanding and, and had a massive array of lines and rods available to you uh, you still think that in, in, in more scenarios spin would be more effective than fly?
1: Again, it's very specific. You're asking me to commit to a, a generalisation um, mm. yeah, pro- yeah probably um, but does it matter? That's my
0: question. I don't think it matters. That's oh well, no. Well, does it? Well, I guess it all means horses for courses. For me, um, I don't know. I just I just tend to gravitate towards that being what I want to do, and I can't help but think that uh, it's. I don't. I don't want to make stuff hard for myself at all. You know, I really don't. Yet I still prefer to fly fish.
1: Okay. It,
0: I think that that's interesting, right? Don't, don't you think?
1: Uh, interesting that you're doing it not produ- about
0: me I mean just interesting like why 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 why, uh, why is someone like yourself like well not someone like yourself but why would anyone think that something's more effective um, and choose to pit, you know use the hardest thing whereas you know I, I, I hang on heart man I'm not I'm. you know like I, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but I, I honestly feel as though that when I'm on the water that's what I prefer to do, I'm not doing it without something in the back of my mind going, yeah, this would be easier, but here I am putting limitations on myself and just persist with it. I don't know if it's coming across right. Maybe it's not. Maybe no. it's late.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, man. Well, I don't. Know. I know what you're saying. I don't know if it's coming across how you want it to.
0: Well, it's all off the back of that interview, you know, and, and, and hearing Deacon say that... Um, you know, like it's uh, he's doing fly fishing because it's it's the he feels what it's the right way to catch those fish. You know, um, I I'm I'm my I've got scenarios running through my head as I'm saying what I'm saying and as I'm asking you those questions as well. You know about you know do you think it's the most effective form of fly, of fishing? I I tend to think like look take take tuna for example. You know um, that's a, that's a good example there when they're on on eye baits. There's, there's probably nothing in the conventional world that they can throw to match the hatch, or something like that, right?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. On um, when they're eating eyes, yeah,
0: yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's probably nothing there's nothing in the conventional world that's going to land as soft and as, as, as big as a fly. You know, like you could tie a, a foot long fly and have it land like you know, like like feathers on the water. You know. Mm. as opposed to like something just just smashed i mean the the limitations are are in learning the um the gear and uh and the species and and to a degree the boat driving because you need to get closer or you need an economy of shots you know mm. um there's a lot of stuff to add up but i guess once you become intimate with the species and the, and the gear i think it's arguably um at least as effective anyway as any other form of fishing that's probably a better way to put it
1: mm, yeah maybe
0: yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'd fly fish if I didn't think that. Be honest with you. Yeah. Look. Don't
1: know, man. But um, I know you can. Uh, say you spoke. You spoke about a fishing. There. They're not always on eye baits. No. And, uh, over. You know. Over the course of the season. Um. <laughs> you'll probably probably find them more consistently. Not on. Not on eye baits and. You know, <clears throat> with a spin rod and a appropriate size lure, you'll you'll be able to throw a lot further with the wind and a lot further into the wind. And that little slice of the ocean that you you're trying to position the the tuna and the boat in To coincide when you're throwing your flies is a whole lot bigger uh, with a lure than it is with a fly rod.
3: So, well, that
0: that does seem pretty obvious, and that is a gaping hole in in my argument for sure. I I can I can definitely agree with that, but. You know, I guess. I guess that just comes from, you know, in regards to tuna. Then, you know, like it's. Um, I just see part of tuna fishing as getting the boat in the right position. You know, I just don't don't see it as like you know crash and burn, and that's that's just yeah, that's not one's better than the other. I suppose. I, don't know, I mean, that's just my experience. I guess, been probably pretty pretty one eyed for a long time. I suppose.
1: I oh, don't get me wrong. I'm one eyed about it, but I'm, I'm not going to pretend one's you know, in my opinion, I, I'm pretty sure I know which one's going to be more effective in, in a majority of situations. But once again, it's probably an argument that's not worth having unless you can, you know, narrow it down to actual specifics.
0: Oh, you know? yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. I don't think there's an end to it. It's just it's just interesting off the back of what Deacon said, I, I think, you know. I was just surprised to hear, hear, his, um, hear his response to that. I
1: think my take out of that was just that he enjoyed fly fishing a lot, you know.
0: Yeah. Nothing Same with as that, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: Same as me, yeah,
0: yeah, yep. No, cool. Well, that's awesome, man. It was a great interview. I was really happy with Deacon. It's uh and he's come on. So it was um, you know, we don't get many all rounders on the on the podcast, do we? No. I think the last one we had on there was uh, that I can think of was Starlo. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was. I really enjoyed. Well, I've enjoyed all our guests, but yeah, they. The all-rounders certainly have a perspective that um, it always makes me, um, you know, question. You know, have I have, have I become you know myopic about what I do, and you know, is, is that a good thing, um, given you know the limits, the constraints and limitations of time that I have? So, yeah. fuck,
0: I think I have based on what I just said earlier. It made me you, actually this conversation made me think that have, have I got it wrong. <laughs> in a way, it's. Uh, I think I've been put too much effort into it that I've convinced myself it's the most effective way of fishing. by when you just blow blew a hole in it with that chucking a slug into the wind thing,
1: I don't know, man. It, it doesn't matter if you're right or you're wrong. You just do what you fucking want. That, that's, that's.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to come across like I was telling you what to do. No, no, but, you uh, weren't. You
1: weren't telling yeah. me how to party. But I'm. I'm aware that there's big people out there listening, going you know are uh, are these people trying to lecture us about what's right and wrong that's never been oh no
0: adventure.
1: Hell no yeah no you're just saying you, you do you feel good about it you know and yeah well um, that,
0: that's a lot of doing yeah. is just telling you telling you me you know i guess i'm not trying to tell influence others to yeah yeah uh, yeah fuck i don't mean to come across like that at all Oh no, no you don't but yeah. yeah Yeah, cool
1: cool man but it's um yeah, it's pretty interesting eh? um yeah, like you said, you get you get people with different different backgrounds and you know what they like to do I and mean, different perspective on it. I'm not nobody's wrong, everybody's right. And as long as you know, we're all enjoying it, it's fucking great, you know.
0: Well, get I like off this podcast I'm getting on the BCF website and buying a spin rod. Are you really? Dude, oh, mate, Friday's I on, mate You'll be mate. I wanna I wanna throw a stick bait from a hundred feet out from any <laughs> direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not out there to, to bang spiders, mate. I, I want to get out there and film my Eskies as <laughs> fast as I can.
1: Billy Eskimos, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it. Comes down, yeah, like at the end of that day, here's the thing, you know, like what. Uh, it, no, I'm not going to say because it's just going to end up sounding like, you know, my fun's better than your fun, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah
1: for, for those people, but. The higher degree of confidence is that
0: a lot of people
1: who've done a lot of different kinds of fishing, you know, end up gravitating towards fly, you know, um, for they'll know the answer. Uh, and that's cool, you know, that's cool. Yeah. A few guys go back to it, or, or some guys will only fly fish in, in certain scenarios. Um, you know they might might be fair weather or or might be you know species specific um and that's cool too um me I personally and this isn't a casual flex I'll try and fly every fucking time you know as much as I can
0: I I, I don't think people are going to um too um blown away to hear you say that Vols because I mean it is a fly fishing podcast correct yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not like we're uh, we're on the BCF podcast telling people to you know fly fish. So should be right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I know, there,
1: but yeah, all right, mate. Um, <laughs> what do we got next week?
0: Dunno, don't mate. know, mate. Nah. you
1: know, got <laughs> rule not to talk about it till it's in the can. But
0: yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, um I think some of the best shows are the ones we organised the day before, mate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, mate.
0: I think you're right. Yeah. i tell you what we do need is intros. Intros, yeah. people. If you're listening this far, you are the person that we want. Yeah. Picking up what I'm putting yep. down? Yep. Not everyone listens this far. If you're that person... I'm talking to you (laughs) let that sink in you can do it you can do it
1: and you know what else you can do you can go give a pineapple fucking Josh Radloff and Shane Wacker that's what you can do on Movember those guys deserve our support help us no help them help us through Movember
0: yeah they're helping us oh help us as in males
1: yeah help all malehood you know
0: yeah, malehood. Maldom? What is that? Maelstrom. <laughs> no, maleness. <laughs> blokes on blokes. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, look, Vols. I I don't know you, mate. I'm deliriously tired. I'm oh, looking oh. forward to hearing back to this outro um, sometime after the show airs. To hear how stupidly drunkenly tired i am mm. and how stupidly think the words are coming out of mouth stuff
1: yeah that's the one
0: mm. mailed them all right dude. <laughs> all right man thanks for your time vaults and um mate have a happy birthday okay <laughs>
1: thanks dude enjoy that uh up dog i know know you had a few questions about it so
0: i'll um catch yeah, you. Later. I, could, I was actually noticed you bailed on your own joke so i sort of stepped in for you but that was a real uh, didn't work out for me. Good night.
3: See you next. All I wanna do is sit here
0: with my mates, enjoy the news and talk about interest rates. No fuck that you'll be getting in the crazy month
3: That's biggest gang in the country Even all of all the fat cats And I don't want to hear about your race With some scandal the colour on your skin I'll make a difference I'm also back back for Randall He's exposing this shit On the Jan, on So who's the real vandal here? Yeah? Say so who's the real Randall? So I go out and get a drink From the bar, get the pog On my coffers at the
0: punk reggae He's got to take me away from here So my troubles do a miss Much of my, son, my friend, Deep Eat five, 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 six When it comes dancing And they will not be missed When it comes dancing they will not be missed This